0: this. A lot of people gave me shit for coming to Boise, Idaho, but honestly, it is so beautiful here. Like, I I saw so many beautiful things all day today. We went on a hike uh, towards this Blue Lake Trail place, and it was like a two-hour drive from Boise, and it was fucking gorgeous. Like, just followed the river, you know? And it was just amazing. And, you know, there are a lot of places right now, especially in the summer, people are renting cars, they're renting RVs, and they're traveling, they're hitting the road. I heard, like, Yellowstone is, like, extremely packed at the moment. And I would rather travel to a quaint, quiet, non-touristy place than a place like Yellowstone at this time of year. Genuinely. The show we're going to talk about today is called Thank You. It's a show that came out in the year 2007. It stars Chang Hyok and Gong Hyojin. I love them both. I also love the writer of this show. The writer is named Yi Kyung Hee, and she did a whole bunch of K-dramas. Um, one of the shows, like the first show she's ever written for is called Model. It came out in 1997. It is wow, what a show. It is incredible. It's about Korean models in the late 90s, and back then, I guess they had to do a lot more than just model, like, just run up and down the runway. Like, they had to do these weird techno freaky dances, and it's, like, it's humiliating to watch. It's astounding. Like, they had to do a lot of performative excessive performative things back then is just like incredible. Another kind of well-known show that Yi kang wrote is called Sangdu, Let's Go to School that came out in 2003. That stars P or Rain and Gong Hyo-jin together. That was a pretty interesting show. One of my favorite shows of all time that she's written is called I'm Sorry I Love You. That came out in the year 2004. That was actually a Japanese show. Or it was a Japanese manga. In any case, it was a Japanese narrative, and then Korea adapted it. They even they even um, rewrote the Japanese song. Like in Korean, it's called Nunko, which means snowflake. But that song was originally like the tune is originally written by a Japanese composer. So um, I thought that was really interesting. The show that they that that young is perhaps the most well known for is called Chocolate, and that's a JTBC drama that came out in 2019 and it is on Netflix and it is terrible. Like if you want to see a good drama, this is not the one. Like this show sucks. But the show I'm going to talk about today is called Thank You and it came out in the year 2007. It is a romantic drama. I wouldn't say it's a ro- I wouldn't say it's a rom-com. Like there's nothing really comedic about it. Like Gong Yo Jin's character, she's a single mother to a precocious young I think she's like six years old like a six-year-old kid and she lives with her senile grandfather so she's the caretaker of her senile grandfather caretaker of this young child and she's a single mom and she lives out in the bumfuck village nowhere um this child has a condition the child is hiv positive and the way that this baby got hiv is um Yo Jin's character took the kid to the hospital when she was a young infant and it the baby needed a brand, blood transfusion. So a doctor who was assigned to do this transfusion did it, but turns out the blood that she transfused into this child was contaminated with HIV. So the baby ends up getting HIV. That in and of itself is devastating, right? It's terrible. But no, it gets worse. A doctor who gave this HIV positive blood transfusion is um, engaged to another doctor, a man, and that man um, ends up losing this female doctor to cancer, right? So the female doctor dies of cancer right before she's dying though, she tells her male doctor partner, look, I made this terrible mistake. And I need you to go and apologize on my behalf because I wanted to do this, but I just never got around to doing it. So this male doctor, Chang Hyuk's character, he ends up going to this bumfuck village where he meets Gong Jin's character, meets this young kid, and he ends up falling in love with Gong Jin and, you know, where it goes from there. Korea's obsession with blood is really interesting it's something to think about actually why is any nation obsessed with blood blood is usually usually associated with this notion of national purity um in korea even to this day you'll hear some older people say things like oh you have korean blood running in you and that is a very uh nationalistic thing to say of course because it implies that uh, the Korean identity is a pure identity and it is blood related so that obsession has something to do with the notion of patrilineality obsession with patriarchy which is also associated with nationalistic um, motivations but it is also highly xenophobic of course Um, the this kind of xenophobia percolated especially during the colonial era because Korea was very anti-Japanese of course because they were being raped and pillaged by Japan at the time Um, Korean identity was being erased by the Japanese imperial government very actively so there are these negative associations but then over time of course that kind of blood obsession translated more into things like well we don't want to mix with these American GIs that flock in so any of the women who wound up having relations with American GIs especially body workers back then or women who ended up having to uh, conduct body labor in order to get by mostly to support their families many of them wound up getting pregnant and those children were oftentimes sent away overseas to be adopted by other families and that's sort of that was sort of the beginning of Korean adoption um, overseas adoption and that was also highly driven by America and its need to display or perform an altruistic or quote-unquote Christian act by taking in a child an orphan who may need a home. Around the same time that American GI babies were being adopted or being born um, or sent overseas, there was also uh, America's involvement in the Cold War with the USSR and America's need to perform some positive PR. In order to prove to the world, especially to the USSR, the Soviets, that they were not a racist country because the United States they were dealing with a lot of uh, bad publicity around the globe with the civil rights movement and their anti-black laws and whatnot. Koreans are really the middle minority in in more than one sense of the word they're not only the middle minority in America especially in the 80s and 90s with the green groceries but they were also the middle minority for these kinds of global, international relations. If you have AIDS, right, I mean AIDS or HIV, this is a way to, this is technically a metaphor of not wanting contaminated blood, right? Contaminated blood being a blood that is unfamiliar, right? So non-Korean, that's one strike. If you don't know who the father is, like in the case with this child, with a single mother, It's another strike. So this show, if anything, is calling attention to the conformist attitudes that the Korean society has. It is a critique of Korea's obsession and hang-ups with purity, quote-unquote, purity in blood. Today's guest is Jackie Monahan. She is hilarious. She's been a stand-up for a very long time. Uh, she wrote a screenplay that went to Sundance. She is an actress. I mean, she's really, she's really something else. I love Jackie. I think she's so funny. I think she is a very kind person. I really... I think she's also a very weird person. Like I love weird people and Jackie falls under like one of those weird people categories. And I loved her stories. I loved the fact that she grew up in the East Coast. So there are all these lovable aspects about her and she was a terrific guest. So I'm very excited for us to talk to Jackie Monaghan. <laughs> <Okay.
1: laughs> That's what everybody says it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? Good, good, good. I've had I have like all these different microphones that everybody says it sounds better without it.
0: Yeah. It's uh it's always gonna be like a, a trial and error process. Right. Like when I was um putting this thing together, I went through like two different microphones and then this was the best one. So it's you, the most expensive one. They always are, cost money.
1: Are you in your house? You have that awesome setup? Yeah, it's my closet. <laughs>
0: I love it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's my closet. It works. That's Uh, great. Thanks. Yeah, you got to work with what you have, right? Yes. All we can do. It's
1: all we can do. That's
0: That's all we can do. Uh, But you've been busy. I always see you doing something. You're like, one of the busier comics that i see around
1: oh thank you and like social media yeah uh
0: yeah
1: yeah i'm uh the jackie mo show i started during the pandemic so yes so it's a podcast and a show you were on the show but i would love to have you on the podcast as well oh you have a podcast as well that's cool with the same name so it's confusing but (laughs) yeah but Um, uh, i like confusing so it's good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes,
0: make it confusing, you know, like, that's what people don't get if something's just like straight, very straightforward and clear, like crystal clear, you know, it doesn't leave room for like ambiguity, right? right? And like, You're weird right. surprises.
1: Yeah. And it's, ambiguity is mm. my favorite quality on the planet. So yes! besides humility. Yes! Yeah.
0: yes. yeah. Yes. Yes. That's very important. Like, that's something that like people forget you know, because I think um, when something is ambiguous and it's not clear, sometimes people don't feel safe. You know, it's weird. It's like, what is this? What am I looking at? Like, I don't understand this. And I think that's like the root of all the problems. I think that's the root of xenophobia. That's the root of transphobia. That's the root of like discrimination against people who are non-gender binary. Uh, It's like the root of like women are also very like into ambiguity and the greys and we're very articulate unlike men you know they just know like four words and like (laughs) they know how to wield guns like that's what they know but
1: did you see women are good at
0: handling sorry what
1: did you see um shoot the new movie i just watched it last night um promising young woman
0: i haven't i really want to see it but i don't know how to watch it like it's on, i know that amazon can, has this pre-theatrical release thing but it's like expensive and i don't
1: want to pay for it my Is that my, how you saw it? my ex-wife my ex-wife, ex-wife she bought it and then she she texts me like watch it on right. my, on my amazon
0: that's nice yeah oh that's sweet it's yeah so i wish good. i had an ex-wife who would do that for me i
1: know you need an ex-wife i need just an ex
0: like i don't even want to get married to a woman and have like the the whole lesbian married couple experience like i just want to skip to the ex-wife part
1: ex-wife part, part because it really
0: is she sounds great she's amazing
1: <laughs> you would love her she's great how long were you guys married 12 years damn yeah she's my best long friend time now. i should call her my best friend okay. instead of ex-wife but she's yeah. my ex-wife yeah
0: yeah I mean you have a history with this with this best friend. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You guys like live near each other
1: or No. she lives in New York. we we uh-huh. lived We lived together in New York City, and then I moved. Got here. it. And she has a new wife. but with uh-huh. the new wife, they have property here, so they come back and forth. They're not bi coastal because they spend most of their time there but uh-huh. they uh go back and forth so i get to see her a lot she's she's coming in april yeah
0: that's cool you're like um the second person i know who has like a close relationship with her ex-wife do you know uh, aaron moore i mean not aaron moore uh, aaron, yeah aaron moore
1: i she's don't trans comic she's you know i might comic. know her but i don't remember you know
0: She's like around. She's in LA. She's yeah. around. um But yeah, she also has like a close relationship with her ex wife. And like her ex comes and visits her here in LA. And she's from Seattle originally. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. My ex so is you're from Montana. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Montana? Wow. Montana. Have you seen this movie called Sweetgrass? No. Is it great? It's this, it's a documentary about like, uh, sheep herders like cowboys who herd sheep in Montana. <laughs> That's all it's about. Uh, there's nothing else that happens. But I love this movie.
1: <laughs> Sometimes calming things like that are so nice. Was it just calming? are so nice. Yeah. Yes.
0: It's really calming. Yeah. Because yeah. our
1: lives, like to make, I remember when I first started writing uh, people were like, you have to write conflict in. And I was like, I don't uh-huh. want conflict. I hate conflict. And I hate when it's I forced in movies, too. I'm just yes. like, this is so silly. like, just let it. But now I get it. You need conflict. And the same with life.
0: Yeah.
1: We need, yes. But we don't need conflict. We need contrast.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: need contrast to figure out the, the what we want. But we don't yes. need to have conflict with it.
0: It's not necessary. Yeah. Conflict yeah. is not necessary. We don't need to take it to a conflict point. We could have like differing opinions. Yeah. Differing views.
1: Yeah. And this even... is
0: again, this is part of your ambiguity mantra, it seems. Right,
1: right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. It's important uh-huh. to me because I really came from a place of lots of conflict. I fought mm-hmm. all the time. Anyway, but this movie. Promising young mm-hmm. woman, it's like man, it's like what I wish I made. Like the movie is just like puts it in a bow of like how I felt through my twenties and thirties, just really angry, so yeah. angry, and yes. yeah, and to the it's just so good. You don't have to see it, but yeah,
0: I remember seeing the trailer like when we were still allowed to go to the movies and stuff. You know, I remember seeing the trailer long, long, long time ago. Oh. And i was like this movie looks promising <laughs> you yeah. know it looks it's, it looks like the kind of film that i would want to watch it's you know? super gratifying yeah yeah beyond like, carrie mulligan's great i think she's a great actress yeah she's fantastic um okay thanks yeah thanks for the the extra push because yeah. i really want to see it so yeah. um yeah and like i don't know about you but like lately like for me at night um i just like I have this ritual of just like watching a movie, you know. It's just before I go to bed, like I'm gonna watch a movie, and it's like, like last night I watched Roman Holiday for the
1: first time. <gasps> oh, yeah, so good. <laughs> so good. It was so good. So delightful. Like, yeah,
0: I was like, also like, what a kind of a weird movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's like kind of a bizarre film. Like, yeah, but um. That also had like kind of a conflict, right? But not necessarily a conflict. They were just lying to each other. Right. You know, she right. was hiding her princess identity, he was hiding his journalist identity, and they just but they're not they're not like cruel to each other. They right. you know, kinda engage and enjoy this great day and then it's like oopsie. And yeah, then there's a misunderstanding. On. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a kind of a conflict, Definitely. but it's more, it's more in the neutral kind of air. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, but we as yeah. viewers get so like, I mean, I do. I can't like, I like, I have to tell myself all the time, like, it's a movie. Who cares, Jackie? Like, calm down. Right. But I get right. so like, oh, why can't they just see that?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Like, like, I hate living in the moment of. Uh, like oh, if he just knew that she and it's just like mm-hmm. no, Jackie,
0: it's a movie. Yeah, right, right. Because we're watching, we see it all, but they don't. And we're like, why don't you just see yeah. that?
1: You know, <laughs> I like just asked. She her. didn't
0: mean it. Just, yeah, ask- just talk. <laughs> <laughs> just communicate.
1: Yeah. Stop assuming. <laughs> Be direct.
0: Yeah. Do you think? Wait. Do you think that's maybe like the root of all the problems of like Americans being poor communicators? It's that like all the screenwriters are trained in order, like trained to produce conflict, right? Like that's like screenwriting 101. You have to have conflict, otherwise it's going to be boring, so they say. And so, okay, you have conflict and conflict is usually, it's like, you know, if you look at Friends, for instance, like every single episode, it's like somebody's lying. Like that's going to be the conflict thing. Somebody's always dishonest about something or trying to hide something. And then later it's like all revealed and blah, blah, blah. But it, it is entertaining, but it's also like, all you had to do was just say the truth
1: <laughs> yeah exactly right the truth, uh, yeah so funny i yeah. hated friends i'm gonna get so big friends. <laughs> i really hated you know you're it. like it the third nerves. person i
0: know who hates that show
1: oh my god um yeah but uh wait what what did you say right before that about Friends? like it's like the root
0: of like oh, all being these medias honest. Just being honest yeah just be honest
1: i um full disclosure full honesty i'm sober Yes, congratulations. Thank you. And part of my program is I have to be rigorously honest. Mm. And I thought, like, that I was rigorously honest, but, like, (laughs) I wasn't. And it's amazing how much life is better when Mm. I am rigorously honest. Like, I can go to sleep, Mm. like, without being, like, oh, I hope this person doesn't find that out, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, oh God, yeah. I hope they don't find this out. Like, what, like, I'm just like, oh, I did everything honestly today. I can go to yeah. sleep.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Another way to cure America's insomnia problem is radical honesty. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: People don't realize that, uh, we all carry these things with us at all times and they can be very minor right but they're there we carry them
1: yeah and they're
0: they're our own kind of rationalizations in order to prove something to ourselves yeah and that kind of thinking leads to toxicity you know it's like oh like that woman treated mistreated me um but it probably was just like an in the moment thing right like maybe like she just You know she was just dealing with something negative and all she could do was react negatively to you in that moment but then you go oh she's like a sexist self-hating cunt you know to rationalize give reason for it rather than being like oh like are you having a bad day like yeah or maybe just thinking oh maybe she's just you know not able to you know, meet me where I'm at for my needs and just, you know, because that might be the harder thing to just swallow based on how our, our ego reacts, you know, with defensiveness and yeah. creating rationalizations. But yeah it's I necessary to, to peel these things back.
1: I used to get in fist fights. <laughs> <laughs> you? You skinny little thing? <laughs> I mean, fist... <laughs> Over what? <laughs> like, oh my what? God. People just like. It's so funny. And like, all right, well, here's an example of just a random thing. This isn't a fist bite, but I worked yeah. in a um, coffee shop and this woman was really rude to me. And I was uh-huh. like, and she'd ordered a cranberry muffin. I remember okay. distinctly. And I was like, you know, I'm not always here. Like, you oh. could be mean to me. Right now, because I have a boss, I'm not going to be meeting back. But I might see you out there. <laughs> and you don't want that. I was like, trust me, you do not want that. And she was just like, oh, my God. And I, and I took the muffin and just crunched it. And put it in the- <laughs> But the fights, the fights, I had gotten so many fights because I had no coping skills. So somebody like did something wrong, but they would do something yeah. wrong. Like one girl like was after me for a long time in Rhode Island. We were like 20 and okay. uh, he was like 23. Still too old to be acting like this. And she like, <laughs> she like wanted to fight with me all the time and I wouldn't fight with yeah. her. And then she like picked on my friend. To get oh, no. to me, so I Mm-mm. got in a fight with her. But she was way bigger than me. Mm-mm. Like a cop came and broke it up. Uh, the cop was after my friend, like wanted to date my friend, and he oh, he looked up the girl's rap sheet that I got in the fight with, and she had this long rap sheet. Like I had nothing, and she had this yeah. long rap sheet, and I kicked her ass. I but <laughs> but, but I picked. I took my shoe off and slammed it into her head. Oh my God. Were they heels? Yeah. (laughs) They were chunky heels though. They weren't spike heels. And uh, my, so my friend, like when it happened, my friend, looked at when they pulled us away finally my friend looked at the other girl and was just like Jackie I don't want to want to look at Jackie because the girl's shirt was ripped off she had blood (laughs) pouring out of her like she thought I was like like she was so scared to look over and I was just like (laughs) with the girl's bra in my hand like I ripped her bra apart (laughs) did you grow up in New Jersey? I was born in New Jersey (laughs) You can't take the jersey out of her, no matter what. But I grew up in Rhode Island, Rhode Island, (gasps) which is just like Jersey in so many ways. (laughs) The part I grew up in. I mean, there was a lot of mafia in Rhode Island. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. So these are skill sets that you developed as a youth.
1: Yeah, but I'm pointing out I had a lot of rage in me. Because I had a lot of rage in me from my parents. And it. Yeah. so when someone messed with me, I just like took oh, yeah. it out on them like this. I broke a guy's right. nose once. <laughs> some, guy, some guy grabbed my crotch and I, I turned okay, around wow. and he looked yeah. at me like, yeah, you like that. Because he was really good looking so he thought mm. I liked it. And I just Mm. punched him in the nose and I felt it crack and before I could even think again I smashed it and blood poured out of his (laughs) nose. Like and now and now I'm like and I'm like I'm just honest all the time. Like I'm a completely different person.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're sober, you're honest. (laughs) Do you go to
1: therapy? You know, I did a lot, and it never worked. Like doing (laughs) programs, it didn't work. It just made me angrier. You
0: were impenetrable, even with therapy.
1: And I had a therapist hit on me. I had a guy therapist. I went to a guy. That's why I know. I went to a guy. Big mistake. Yeah, my friend Mm. was. I was like, Jackie, you don't have. It's so funny. My middle name is Primrose, and he was like, "Miss Primrose, you don't have any good guy influences, so maybe go to a guy therapist. And I was like, oh, like just. So, yeah, it wasn't a good idea. But I've I've had a lot of female therapists that Mm -hmm. I loved and Mm -hmm. and wrote me cards. Like, they were beautiful human beings. And they helped me a bit, but nothing like, I mean, I didn't get coping skills from them
0: interesting. It was just like kind of um, like, has it like CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. just like talking that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: And I, I did EMDR that worked. That worked. But it was okay. like temporary kind
0: of Oh, yeah. I don't I'm not familiar with EMDR. Yeah, but okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, okay. So the Poor communication in the family, I'm sure was a thing I'm sure drinking was a
1: thing, yeah, both yeah. my both my parents are alcoholics huh. and both. I'm, and wow. I'm an only child so and, and, <laughs> and my family was in New Jersey, and we moved to Rhode Island, so it was just me and them. It was just me mm. observing these alcoholics.
0: that and, sounds like a nightmare. like I
1: was a little kid alone with this couple. <laughs>
0: That sounds like like a nightmare. And
1: their parents were alcoholics, so they didn't know how to parent themselves. No. So they had... Let alone a child. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting. They weren't... Like, I paint this picture of this... Like, they never got in fistfights. Like, (sighs) I... It was (laughs) me. I mean, they argued with each other. They they got... They had rage. But they were... Oh, they were very, like, hoity-toity a little bit. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. But their actions weren't. I don't know how to explain it. But like I'm, I, I yeah. paint this picture of this of like shameless. But they weren't like shameless. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know how to explain okay. it. Okay.
0: Were they Were they like uh, middle class or upper upper middle? They class? were middle
1: class. Middle class. They would they would bounce back and forth. Like they're yeah. They would bounce back okay. and forth. They gave the illusion of middle class a lot. All and right. then they became middle class. And then yeah. they just, like, went up and down a little bit.
0: Okay. That must yeah. have been kind of lonely, you know, like, to have family. I mean, Rhode Island's still, like, I guess northeast, but it's still a bit of a drive from Jersey. So, yeah, you know, kind of feeling like if something were to happen, right? Because having alcoholic parents, you know, lack of responsibility, sometimes you would wonder as a child, like, oh, who's going to take care of me if something were to happen? You know. Right. You know, and it's like, you don't have aunts and uncles or cousins nearby right. who Nothing. can just come to you. Me. That creates major anxiety in children. Yeah. I grew up with that, too, because my entire family is in South Korea. They're nowhere near, oh, wow. like, you know, in another state or whatever. Wow. So, yeah, so there you, would be yeah. like, you know, those irrational anxieties. I don't know if you've had this, but like when my parents were out, you know, um, with my younger brother, they were just away and like it's been a few hours and it's like late let's say it's like 9 30 10 p.m and i'm like oh they're still not home in my brain i would think they got into a car accident they're all yeah. dead <gasps> and uh, i need to be shipped off somewhere but where would i go oh maybe i'll go to this aunt like i like her you know like i would make right. plans in my brain that's anxiety yeah. like that is the definition of anxiety and i remember going through these things in my mind as a child
1: did you have things like that? I did, yeah, definitely. Um, mm. Yeah, I tortured myself, my mind, and especially as comics, because we, yeah. you know, Chris Frock <laughs> talks about ignorance is bliss. And as yeah. comics, we don't have that luxury of ignorance. <laughs> we see no. everything. Like, that's how we become comics, that we see so much injustice, and we're just like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And so it's not bliss, so, mm-hmm. yeah, but, yeah, I was diagnosed by the therapist. Um, not that therapist when I came here. I was yeah. diagnosed with chronic PTSD. Mm-hmm. CPTSD. Yeah. Mm. And, but it was funny because the other therapist was diag- would gi- diagnosed me with ADD. So I was given Adderall for my PTSD. Whoa. How was that? It was awful. It's like giving acid to a schizophrenic. Like, it was not... Oh, my God. It, Jesus. It was nothing. It was that like, bad? Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I would want to get... Yeah. It made me so angry.
0: Oh, it made you more angry. Wow. Okay. And it did it lead to, like, more irrational thoughts or behaviors? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember okay. I, I went to Sundance, and I was on so much Adderall. <laughs> Whoa. I was on Adderall all night. Yeah, I like I got in an argument with somebody that I shouldn't have. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> but you weren't mixing with alcohol at the time. It was just Adderall.
1: No, I was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know you have this Sundance film that you wrote, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when
1: was that? Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Sure. It's the Foxy Merkins. <laughs> nice <laughs> we're lesbian hookers it's a it's a parody of my own private idaho and uh and midnight cowboy nice uh, yeah
0: great movies yeah. yeah
1: so and i get to play like the dustin hoffman character and i get to play the river no sorry the keanu reeves character so nice. like my characters based off those two So it's a world that doesn't really exist. There's not really anything. Mm -hmm. There's not really lesbian hookers because there's not really a need for them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's just like if there was a world where there were lesbian hookers. But the Mm -hmm. lesbian hookers go after Republican women. Wow. Because Republican women are the most suppressed.
0: Like Condoleezza.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) okay so yeah yeah, so they go after them and yeah so the hilarity ensues
0: okay i love this that's amazing okay what was it again
1: something merkins the foxy merkins foxy merkins okay we wanted to call it my own private wisconsin but we were, <laughs> it was too hard to try to get the rights. So we were just like, oh,
0: yeah. Wow, really?
1: Yeah, I get. we were scared that there was going to be a problem with it. So then we came up with the Foxy Merkins. And I like okay. that name too. I think it's a fun name for a band.
0: It's a great title. Yeah, the Foxy Merkins. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I could see like the Foxy Merkins come out as like a, like a post-riot girl, punk girl band. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That sounds cool, man. How long did it take for you to write that?
1: Uh it took a lot of time. <laughs> the our process yeah. our process is very different from other people. Mm-hmm. We do automatic writing where it's like morning pages, but different where the the woman who taught it, like she teaches it. People pay her a lot of money to learn it. <laughs> and so she taught it to me and I was so that's how we write. So it takes a very long time. It's very layered, but it, it, I like mm-hmm. I like how it comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, being a, a screenwriter is like another. It's like slightly different from being like a prose writer, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because um, yeah, like prose writers, like I'm a prose writer. You know, I write essays. Like I've written fiction. I've written poetry. But uh, screenwriting is so much harder for me. It's way, way harder. It's like you gotta create characters, like, you know, out of necessity almost. It's like, oh, so she's gonna go in here, now she encounters somebody. It's like, oh, you have to create them as you go. And like, you have to be okay with, like, in the moment, not fully fleshing it out. It's like you gotta just keep moving and keep writing but then like, you know, maybe go back and add things or just like trust that, you know, during casting or during directing, they'll figure it out, whatever. And it's like a different mentality. I don't know. I find it quite challenging, it so I'm in awe of you.
1: Yeah.
0: It yeah. Is challenging. <laughs> do you have like a writing ritual? Like, do you write regularly?
1: I do. I do. I write with the same woman. And mm-hmm. so we write on Zoom, because uh, she's in New York. Uh, okay. But, yeah, and then I try to write every morning on my own, but I'm not as good. But I have set times, and I write with the other woman from the film, too. We write all different okay. times. But I am mm. working on possibly putting together, like, teaching that method on Clubhouse.
0: Okay, wow.
1: But can, yeah. can, I, can I just have, like, a certain amount of people in Clubhouse? I don't even know. I'll figure that out. Or I might teach yeah. it on Zoom or something.
0: Yeah, whatever it is, because do it.
1: Cause I would like a bunch of people to know how to do it and do it with me because then we could just write all the time. Yeah. Cause it's really fun. I remember yeah. when, when she taught it to me, I remember sitting, uh, looking up and being like, this is more fun than drinking. Like, and it was <laughs> when I was like in the middle of drinking and then never thought I would stop drinking. But like I had mm. found something that I like more because when you do it with other people, it's just so fun, and you could work on yeah. your and you could work on your own thing, but right with the it.
0: um the found like the primary principle of this technique?
1: It's um it's actually started by this woman Natalie Goldberg, mm-hmm. and she has books about it: "Writing Down the Bones" and "Wild Mind," mm-hmm. and. Uh, so what, what we do is we write, we set a certain amount of time, like today we wrote for 10 minutes straight Mm -hmm. and then you read Mm. it to each other. And right now we're, sometimes we work on stuff together and sometimes we work on stuff separate and we're working on something separate now. And Mm. so we just write our own thing and it could be about anything and there could be a writing prompt. Mm -hmm. And then we read it to each other and the other person takes down the images from it takes and down that, images yeah so like what does that mean like um like say like just like a, a short part of something that stood out from you from my writing okay got it something that i might not even have seen mm. and like something that struck you as interesting you would write it down mm-hmm. and usually like three words three or four words mm. and then so then you read the images back to the person Give them the images, and then you write set the timer again and write from those images, feeding those images into your project. So it makes okay. it it makes it move and gives it a layer that's just like mm-hmm. priceless.
0: Yeah, it seems like a like a highly collaborative kind of practice, uh, very productive. And, uh, yeah, it sort of, like, shatters this myth that writing is a solitary activity.
1: Mm, yeah. It makes it so much fun. And is then, a myth. And then yeah. you're trying to make the other person laugh sometimes.
0: Oh, okay, because you're a comic. you got right. the in
1: So, I mean, you just end up writing something for yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're hitting two birds with one stone kind of right.
1: situation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, because of the pandemic, like I've been doing like writing groups for comedy, like joke writing. But yeah, I mean, sometimes it gets tricky. There was one I was like doing regularly, but I had to stop because there was a pattern with one particular writer where she kept repeating my punchlines, you know, as her own. (gasps) Oh, I know the blasphemy, right? But like, have you encountered this? Like, people who like, yeah, unwit- unwittingly steal one of your punchlines
1: or unwittingly repeat something that you say. Yes, yes. I actually, I will never name this name. But <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I'll never name this name either. I you know because it's it's just again, it's just something truthful to ourselves. The world doesn't need to know it, yeah. right?
1: I. <clears throat> had a situation where I was in I was doing comedy on a resort with another mm-hmm. comic and the other comic mm-hmm. had a jellyfish sting so I the other comic was like will you pee on my jellyfish sting and I was like oh sure God. But we were we were attracted to each other
0: so it was like
1: <laughs> okay. it was kind of fun but she did have a jellyfish sting. So then, yeah. I wrote the joke. I love it here. Like when I did my show, I was like, I love it here. Um, people are so nice. Somebody peed on my leg, and I didn't even have a jellyfish sting. And <laughs> and uh, so then I was doing it back in New York. Yeah. And yeah. this other comic all of a sudden had the same joke. <gasps>
0: It's a very specific joke. And it
1: happened to me, right?
0: You lived it. I lived
1: it. And then, and if something in me, I really didn't think she was a thief. Mm -hmm. And, and she actually like, this is how, uh, like, I, how I wasn't living in the right world. And she had actually Mm. been accused of stealing twice by two different people. And Mm -hmm. one other person was my friend and Mm -hmm. I didn't take sides. But mm-hmm. I didn't take that other friend's side. Mhm. And mm-hmm. and she went up to another comic and they were fighting and shaking over a joke, and I still believed yeah. my friend didn't steal it. And then yeah. And then when that happened with me, something in my head was like, "Don't accuse her unless someone's there." Wow. So Why?
0: Why do you think that came up? That's so interesting. I must have and weird.
1: somehow actually knew. But Okay. Anyway. So then we were in the car with her mother. And her mother <sighs> was driving us to a venue to do stand up. And uh-huh. I was like, Hey, you know that joke you that new joke you have about the sting pee? And she was like, Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, that's mine. I'm like, that actually happened to me thinking mm. be oh be cool yeah yeah and thinking even anyway so she was like well have you done it on tv yet and i was like oh my god no it's and the wrong response. and and the mother just kept driving did not say one thing
0: dead silence yeah like
1: my mom would be like jacqueline <sighs> like my mom's mm. kind of like on one of the worst but she would still be like Jacqueline, that is not right. Do not, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, like the mother just kept driving and it was her joke and she ended up doing it on TV.
0: She ended up doing it on TV? I could probably look her up cause I know the joke now. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, that is fucked up. Yeah. Cause that's funny, that's a funny joke. Um yeah and you know this other person this person who was repeating my stuff the same thing like when when they're when it's your friend and this is happening and you're both comics you have a certain understanding and trust like the number one rule is don't steal somebody's joke because it's just super hack to do it it it's like the worst thing to do to yeah. steal somebody else's joke because you're appropriating their lives right and uh, yeah, this person, she was also once accused of stealing jokes. Oh. And she told me about it. She was like, oh, back in a different state where she was from, she was like, somebody accused me of stealing a joke and made it into a big thing. But like, I never stole and blah." blah. And I only know her side of the story. So I took her side and I was like, yeah, that's so messed up that they accused you like wrongfully. And that's such a harsh accusation because it's a serious one. I'm sorry you went through that. And she was doing it to me. And I had the trust in her as a friend to confront her about it and be like, Hey, this has been weighing on me. Like, you know, but this particular thing that you said, blah, blah, blah. At first she was receptive to it. Cause she hadn't only done it to me. She had done it to another writing group member too, but like these bitches are Midwesterners. So like they never get up in people's faces. Whereas, come on, I grew up in New York. Like I'll get up in your face and tell you how it is. And like, I was like, so and so is never going to tell you this, but you stole her joke. <gasps> like you repeated her punchline last week, and she's like, "Oh, you're right." I come to think of, it, I did. And the thing is, I I still don't think she was stealing like maliciously. You know, I do believe that she's stealing. Like there's this thing called a uh, crypto cryptonesia. It's like you forget where you heard the thing and you repeat it as if your brain came up with it because you forget got the origin of it and to an extent like all of us kind of have it you know we have but to, for of. her it's severe because she drinks a lot and she smokes a lot of pot so both of those things really affect your memory poorly and it's just you know come on like It's gonna happen if if you if you're like this and uh yeah it it happened to me like three times with her and like the first time i confronted her she was like understanding second time she was like a little bit more defensive but she was still like okay but i get it third time she just flat out denied it and she was like you should just get over it this is just something that happens so you should just roll with the punches and like just get over your feelings and i was like not only is she um being ambiguous about like either denying it or like admitting to it because she's just like get over it this is something that happens like it's like what like your morals are so fucking weird right now when it comes to comedy but it's also like she's like gaslighting me and telling me that my feelings are incorrect you know and I was like genuinely sitting there questioning my feelings I was like oh should I get over my feelings like am I being a fucking baby and like a hall monitor about this so I reached out to one of those fucking Midwesterner bitches and I was like, hey, man, am I overreacting? Because we're in the same writing group and this is happening and I want to leave. I'm not I'm not going to do this writing group anymore. I'm not going to do our weekend show anymore. I'm done. And she was like, no, nobody should ever tell you that your feelings are wrong. And I was right. like, okay, that was enough for me. And then I consulted with two other comedians who are like way more, advanced, like, you know, decades in. Like, they're like mentors of mine. And I asked them about this and they both said, This this is something that has happened to me as well. My suggestion is don't talk to her. She's not your friend. And I was like, okay, thank you. Because, you know, like breaking up with a friend is hard. That's why you kept coming up with excuses for this friend, because she's your friend. You don't want to, like, break up with your friend. She's somebody you love and trust. But this person was flat out betraying your trust to your face.
1: Yeah. And gaslighting. too,
0: Right.
1: Yes. It's the worst. She was a master
0: of gaslighting. She's manipulative. Yeah. 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 I think uh certain people are good at that. Wow. Like, um, That's
1: yeah, that really sucks.
0: It does suck. It does suck. And uh but, you know, also it was kind of like, at least I know now, you know, get because over it because if I had known, oh
1: my God. yeah,
0: <laughs> get over your feelings. Oh, like, was that this year? Roll with the punches is what she says. She said this this happened in December.
1: That's we like, were like we, like now yeah. it's out that we have our own feelings and no one's allowed to say get over your feelings. Like like <laughs> Yeah. Turn on the TV. Read a meme. Like she should know. She's <laughs> read, read a meme. She needs to
0: read some memes. You need to read some memes get more woke like yeah your head is in the 1950s man yeah do you
1: (laughs) know bernie brown
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love bernie brown Uh, i love that white lady she's she's like yes but you know the things that she preaches they're like you know things that the eastern philosophy preaches it's stuff that like people like who took psychedelic substances in the sixties were preaching, you know, it's the same it's thing, It's the
1: same thing, and, but nobody's getting same it. Same thing. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. What's the point
0: if you're buying her books and like watching her Netflix special thing, her Netflix Ted talk, what's you,
1: the point? That Netflix you know? Ted talk was so good. She it was, was She was really funny twice.
0: She was. Yeah. I didn't get what they were, but yeah. I was just
1: like, wow. It was so good.
0: Yeah. She's a great public speaker. Yeah. 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 A lot of professors are. They're good orators. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because it's their job. Right. (laughs) Some of them suck, actually. Oh, my God. Even some academic conferences where, like, I'm like, your students must hate you. (laughs) my God. Like, everybody in this room wants to die right now. Nobody's listening to your paper. We're just amazed at, like, how... (laughs) Insensitive you are to the room, you know, like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. amazing when you see people not reading the room. Like, what goes through their head? Are they sociopaths? Um,
0: I think it's like a like a a a, a type of social defect. You know, it's a type right. of um yeah, it's a type of social defect. Like, there's um, there's a how do I say? He's like a colleague, you know. So like. Um, I'm gonna be a teaching assistant for this uh, class at UCLA called American Film, Tele- American TV History. American TV History is the class in the spring. And there are four teaching assistants. And there's one teaching assistant who just like, he, he will talk for 45 minutes to 90 minutes straight without pausing or without asking if he's talking too much, or he's it, just one of those, he'll bulldoze, right? And like, you know, this past week for me, it's been horrible because of the, you know, the murders in Atlanta. And um, I don't want to sit in a fucking Zoom meeting for longer than 10 minutes.
1: Yeah.
0: He brought up a point that he just wanted to talk, you know. He was like, oh, when I'm a teaching assistant, like, this is what I like to do. And I was like, okay, I'll give him that one point because he's locked up, you know, we're all locked down. We need to talk. I'll, I'll give him that, okay? And he goes, "Oh, and another thing I do." I'm like, "Okay, that's point two, that's point two, Grace. All right, just breathe." You know, I'm like looking at my mason jar. I'm like doing breathing. I'm like, remember, you have the breath. I always return to the breath. And he's like, "I have another thing." It's like I'm like, "Oh, that's a I'm starting to see red, right? Yeah. And then he's it's been 15 minutes him talking straight nonstop, and then he's like, "Oh, and I want the answer." Like, nope, stop. You're done. It just ended. Up- in the meeting I just you're done good for you you're
1: done
0: I'm done we're done yeah and I've known this person for like five years you know we've been at the same university and same program for five years I I know what he's about and I've been in seminars with him and none of the professors ever would stop him from take eating up all the class time when there were like 12 other people in these seminars and I was just like it's not fair to all of us You know, even though we're trying to be gracious and generous and understanding and compassionate, we we can't just give it all to him. We have to do that for ourselves and everybody else in the fucking room, you know. And like, again, like, like I said, I grew up in New York. I have no problem letting you know, look, L.A., you're a little too fucking sweet, huh? We don't need to let him fucking, you know, dominate the room. There's like other women in here who have other thoughts and opinions. He's been talking for 30 minutes straight when he should have given his five minute presentation don't you think an extra 25 minutes was generous enough you know and like uh two days ago i had no problem being the bad guy i was like you're done okay you're done you're oh done God. i'm done listening we need to wrap it up because i don't want to sit here for another 15 minutes doing this Good yeah for it's hard for some people yeah. Don't you think it's hard? I it's think it's hard. It's definitely hard.
1: hard. Were, was he interesting at all? Not that that matters. No.
0: I'm just curious. No, I Jack, just picture it. It does matter. Yeah,
1: yeah, it yeah. It does
0: matter whether he's interesting or not. Because if he was cracking me up or if he was dropping some big ass knowledge, I would have let him speak for as long as he wanted. But he was just going on and on about like, well, when I'm a TA, like, I like to do this. And I'm like, I don't give a flying fuck what you like to do as a TA. We are all TAs. We know how to fucking TA. We all have our own fucking methods. You're not sharing anything that's illuminating or new or helpful. We took the fucking training course. Why are you just repeating that shit? Just I was like, if you want to talk more, just do it one-on-one with the professor. Or just send it to us as an email because I can't sit here listening to this. No, I'm done. Good for you. I'm done.
1: I love it. Yeah, you. I had to be like, no. And I said, I'm sorry, but I'm done. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, there, there's like, the, sometimes it's really spiritual to tell people to F off.
0: It is. Or just
1: shut up, yeah.
0: Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, like, because I'm a bit of a straight shooter and I'm direct, um, people, like, I always have felt bad about it. You know, like I always felt bad. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. No more feeling bad about it. (laughs) But like since like very, very, very recently, I'm talking like weeks ago, since weeks ago, I just decided, I was like, I have a choice to just be like, i'm lovable for doing this like i am completely and utterly a necessary part of society with my ability to do this right because there's so many people around me who just let everybody fucking rule their goddamn lives and they're miserable right and i'm like why the fuck would not just stand up for yourself and just say no why are you just getting like life fucked all the time right and they're just like i can't because i don't want to be mean (sighs) i'm like you're not being mean you're protecting yourself And I realized I wasn't listening to my own fucking advice. Like, I would feel guilty. Honestly, like, if if it had been me, like, a month ago and I did this, I would be beating myself up for two weeks being like, oh, Grace, you fucking social faux pup addict, you know? But, and I was like, no. I was fully conscious of what I was doing. I was taking, like, deliberate action to, like, you know, be mindful in the moment and breathe and not react and then I was like I gave him enough yeah and you even counted it
1: you were very you were on point with it yeah
0: yeah and then afterwards you know like when it was just me and the professor because we had some other things to talk about I just said to him I was like oh I'm sorry about that but you know I've known him for a long time he's one of those if you don't stop him he's gonna talk for 90 minutes straight and I was like and I don't have it in me I have other shit to do today. So, and he was like, oh, it's okay. I know, I know him. I know what he's about. I was like, okay, cool. And so, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's so good. I feel like in the middle of his, his talking, you could just be like, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing, you know, it's like as comedians, like we're a bit outrageous, right? And it's funny for other comedians, but like for normal people, it's like horrifying. <laughs> and so I have to really like you know, I have to figure I have to figure things out before I do something. I have to be like, I mean, are they the right audience for this? You know, like right. would it be appropriate for me to like say or do something like that? in this moment or is everybody gonna freak out and shut down because if if they freak out and shut down then it's over because there's no communication after that
1: right
0: so uh when it comes to like the so-called normals the non-comics like i have to take an extra two steps of precaution with them oh, if same. and when i can yeah i'm not saying i always do because most of the time i'm i'm incapable
1: right same yeah you know? same i remember like starting yeah. jobs It'd be so hard to like reel back my personality. Like, you're, I'm like, I just want to be myself. Like, but you yes. can't, cause they'll be like, she's insane. Like, what is, but like, <laughs> but, like, but like, but like, once they get to know me, it's like, oh, they'll get, they get, it's my humor. But like, yes. I can't, I cannot be myself right away. And it's some, you know, I yeah. can now more. But growing up, I couldn't. Like twenties. isn't that frustrating yeah yeah Yeah.
0: I know how that feels it's very suffocating and it's very depressing it is to not be able to just be who you are who you really are yeah
1: yeah I I think the most fun in life is being your authentic self fully and not hearing what anybody thinks
0: yes 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 and loving all of your authentic yes actions and decisions and choices and words Yes. yes you know yeah that is the best way to live life.
1: yes also i'm doing i'm doing this like co-therapy with a friend and uh she cracks me up because she's she's yeah. got i um she's a lawyer from dartmouth and she's like wow i like i just she her husband's fine they're in a great marriage but uh i mm. think it, it makes me laugh to think that he's like Oh yeah, I married a woman that was a lawyer from Dartmouth, but now she's doing this internal family system thing. Like, it just makes me laugh so hard. So, we wow. do, have you ever heard of internal family system? No. So I don't know what that she is. She and I, we go through this workbook together. It's so cool. But what I'm commending you on is, you were like no to this guy, and you were taking care of not only yourself but like little you. And, like, mm-hmm. when you can take care of little you before everybody else, like, that's mm-hmm. when our lives are great, too. Mm-hmm. And and that's what you were doing. You were putting not mm-hmm. only you first, but this little you first. It's super mm-hmm. important to do that. And you were like, Thanks I'm not putting that. little me through your fucking garbage. Because... <laughs> <laughs> and not today buddy like no we're not hearing we're not no, listening to you talk and like liking the sound of your own voice like i'm not putting myself through that today no
0: yeah 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 no that i appreciate that because actually you know that's something my therapist talks to, talks to me about a lot i also have a uh, complex ptsd or long-term ptsd and um that is like the bulk of our therapy but uh yeah she always tells me that she's like Grace, whenever you want to eat five pizzas and watch 65 movies, like straight, ask yourself if a five-year-old Grace would enjoy that. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, because like that, the ability to um, access or tap into that child in you and really be attentive to what the little person in you needs is so hard. Yeah. It's actually very, very difficult to do that. It's so very, I appreciate you pointing that yeah, out. Yeah,
1: it's very confusing because mm-hmm. I'll try to think for for it and mm. I think I'm doing this great job, but I'm not because <laughs> she'll my friend will yeah. like bring out this whole other need. And, mm-hmm. like, one thing that came out was what my inner children... There's more than one. What my, because of PTSD, they break off even more. Everybody oh, has, like, different that. ones, but we have, like, so uh-huh. many more. And, okay. uh, yeah. So what a lot of them wanted from me is humility. And I was like, I, I feel like I'm really humble. I always have thought yeah. that. But they need mm-hmm. it extremely because... My parents were narcissists. Like they can't, they can't have like, I, like it's very painful if I'm an ego even a little bit for them.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. For the, they'll they'll break apart. Yeah, or they'll lose
1: it. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I'm I understand really that. overly aware of being in my ego, and but mm. it's great. It's really it, it's made my life nicer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know um like in our cultural zeitgeist like we use this word ego like a pop word like a pop culture word but it's a psychological term Mm. and the ego is while it has its problems in some ways like for the most part it's there as a defense mechanism and it's there to protect us at all times and it's there it's a necessity for us to be functioning human beings adults really and um it it kind of stores away our past experiences and says, oh, you don't want to go there because remember what happened last time, you know, and it reminds us of those things. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Right. and but you don't want
1: to be totally in the ego.
0: No, no. Yeah. I mean, that's why right. I do like, uh, I'll do psychedelics every once in a while, like yeah. medicinally, not yeah. like abusively yeah. or mixed with other substances, but like maybe like once or twice a year I'll do to Mushrooms kind or... of reset. Um, I prefer LSD, but most recently I did mushrooms. Yeah. I've done a lot right. of both
1: and I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah,
1: and I did DMT.
0: Okay. That I haven't done yet. Yeah. But so were
1: they helpful? Yeah, very, I loved Good. them and yeah. I never had bad trips. And I, and I always helped people that were having bad trips
0: yeah and the thing is like do you th- do you actually think like a bad tri- trip bad trip do you think that's real i don't, don't think it's real i, I just never feel like i bad
1: one but i i've I just, yeah i've seen yeah. people have them and okay. i would always say to them like remember i was always like really good at getting a out of it i'm like remember you're tripping like let yeah. change just focus on something different and oh. uh And usually I'll be able to help them and, but I use that in life. Like it, it reminds me of real life. Like when Mm -hmm. I'm going crazy, like you don't have to focus on that. You don't have to focus on that right now. Like let's make something else bigger. Yeah. And we have a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Always. Yeah. That's a good point too. Yeah. I was also thinking like the four years of the Trump administration was like a four (laughs) year long, bad trip.
1: Yeah absolutely four-year-long
0: bad trip absolutely yeah yeah. lived lived reality bad trip yeah for all that was
1: unbelievable like if you wrote a movie (laughs) about it people would be like that could never happen
0: that wasn't real yeah this is a sci-fi piece it's like nah dude that was america
1: 2016 to 2020
0: (laughs) oh my god we are so fucked up as a country man yeah okay but yeah, I, I like the things that you're saying. I I appreciate though. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. Um, okay, Same. so uh, I don't want to eat up too much of your time. Um, there's this uh, show. There's this TV show that I'm focusing on for this particular episode. It's called Thank You. Um, so I'm just gonna ask you like some flashcard questions based okay. on the show. Just you know answer them how however you might. Okay, so let's say you're a really successful surgeon named okay. Ki and you're not only successful, but you're also really arrogant. You're so stuck up. Oh, my God. You think you're a hot piece of shit. And you have a girlfriend named Jimin. And she's also a doctor. But she has stage four cancer. Okay? And you decide you're going to go ahead and operate on her. Because, you you know, you're confident. You're big shot. You could save her. But she dies on the operating table. What do you do?
1: I... <laughs> What do you do? Mm-hmm. I mean, as me or as him? As I mean, you I think as him, you, you as have, you as him. Isn't it against hmm? the law to operate on somebody that you are in a relationship with or related to?
0: I think related to, but they're dating. They're not necessarily married yet, and also he's you know again he's a big shot and he is stubborn, so they go ahead and it,
1: it happened. The
0: thing is, it happened regardless of the law.
1: I mean you have to take ownership of it all and mm. and say you thought that you could uh help her, but you were wrong. Mm.
0: <laughs> Cancer and other ideas. Yeah. 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 Okay. So self acceptance maybe.
1: Yeah. Okay. But I think you all should right, go cool. to jail. <laughs> For a little while like i don't think you should be offering any... like what but what does what is his her family say was her family like yeah
0: it's weird like her family like wasn't even in the picture here like this was like the pilot episode it like happened really fast and they moved on but okay all right let's go to question number two you're still the same arrogant surgeon guy right now okay so right before your doctor girlfriend passed away she confessed to you something some horrible mistake that she made in the past uh when she was like a like a newbie doctor she gave a toddler girl a bla- a blood transfusion but that blood was contaminated by hiv oh i know and this error <laughs> and this error haunted her whole life how do you respond to your dying girlfriend who just told told you this
1: I would tell her, good thing you're dying now. I would say, you deserve this, you deserve this. I would just be like, everything comes back to you. This, now we know. I'll be like, I knew there was another reason why you were dying because I'm such a good surgeon I am such a good surgeon that karma is getting you. My great surgery, my magic hands are being not working because your karma is stronger. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Your karma got you. Yeah, bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Now, I guess I would say just you're forgiven. Like go in peace, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, great. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's say, uh, let's say you're a man named Seokhyun. Okay, you're a man. You're friends with Youngshin. She's a single mother uh, to a young daughter named Pom, Okay, and you hang out with the the little kid, Pom. You hang out, but you see one day that Pom's nose starts bleeding. All <gasps> right, so you, so you're concerned. So you run to her to help her, but Youngshin cuts in and says, leave her alone, don't touch her. And then the mother says to the little girl, "Is like, what did I tell you? And then the little girl recites what her mother taught her, which is, I will not accept another person's help. And you don't understand what the fuck is happening. What do you do?
1: Hmm. I'm like, I tried and I walk away. No. Um, I know. I skip away. No. Uh, You got this. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead with all that, you two. Good luck. (laughs) I think I would say, you guys, I used to think that too, that we should take care of everything on our own. But mm-hmm. we all need to be interdependent. Mm. Nobody can do things by themselves. We don't want to be codependent mm-hmm. or independent. Mm-hmm. Interdependent.
0: Hmm. What a healthy we, response. We
1: need to help each other. Yeah.
0: Yes. And ask for help when we need it. Yes.
1: It's very mm. important. Yeah.
0: Okay. Nice. All right. Coming in with the Guru stuff. Got it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> so you're back to being that arrogant surgeon guy all right okay. you, because of the trauma of your dead girlfriend you're you're just like done so you move to this tiny rural town where you know that this uh the patient your former patient of your ex-girlfriend lives okay move to this tiny rural town you meet the single mother young xin and she's taking care of her senile elderly grandfather and her young daughter named Pum and you realize that this is the young girl with HIV, the one that your girlfriend fucked up with. And uh, there are like lots of secrets that nobody knows. You know, like, nobody knows who the girl's father is, for instance, like nobody in town knows the girl's condition. Like, they, like everybody treats the girl like she's just, you know, part of the town. Like Does nobody knows. Does the mother
1: know that she has HIV now?
0: The mother knows. Okay. The mother definitely knows. Did yeah.
1: the woman, did she tell her? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. She told.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, she couldn't hold that back. Okay. I mean, Jesus, that's a huge mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you find as this arrogant surgeon doctor person, you find yourself falling in love of with course. this single mom, young shin lady. Yeah, she's kind of hot. She's got a good heart. And you're like, I like this woman. But of course, you have this complicated past where your ex-girlfriend's error caused this woman's great distress in life. What do you do?
1: Try to cure AIDS completely. Okay. I, I like wear all clothes with the pictures of, um, Magic Johnson so that <laughs> she knows you can live forever with it. Yes. Give her hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, what would I do? I guess, uh, well, as I said before, rigorous honesty. I think I would Mm -hmm. say everything, but in due time, like, you can't just open with it. (laughs) (laughs) On the first date, yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're like, this happened, but you'll be happy to know I killed her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was an accident, but the intention was back,
1: And she's gone. She won't be messing with any more kids and their blood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, great answer. All right, fine. Okay. these are great answers. I love them. I feel like you should have written this Korean drama. Okay, <laughs> Let's say let's say you're a, a woman named Eunhee. Okay. You find out that your fiance, Seokhyun, is actually the father to this neighborhood bastard child. Pum. No one knew this, but the truth is slowly coming out. And now your fiance wants to go back to his ex-girlfriend and be a father to his daughter. What do you do? Wait, say that one again. So you're this woman named Mm Eunhee, you have a fiance, Mm -hmm. okay, a man. And this man recently learned that the bastard child that's in town, Pum, this girl like who's like nobody knows who the father is like turns out like he's the father he finds out recently like he's the father but he's your fiance you know um like what he wants to go back to his ex-girlfriend to Uh, this woman young shin
1: and be a father
0: and and be a father now yeah what do you do
1: uh i would let him go be a father
0: Mm, wow Really?
1: Yeah. I believe that there's more than that we don't have soulmate. Like I believe we can have multiple soulmates. So why Okay. I don't believe in depriving somebody of something for my own benefit. Uh-huh. Cuz I yes. believe uh, I believe there's enough for everybody and to let if I let something go more will come to me.
0: Okay. You you trust the universe. I do.
1: Mm yes okay that's I didn't, another very I didn't like answer i didn't know
0: <laughs> it's like just like yesterday you started doing this i know
1: right? i forced things like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like that's what spirituality is to an extent and what self-improvement is it's like forcing yourself to drink like celery juice every morning even though you hate the taste of it
1: yeah you know
0: yeah. you just do it because you know it's good for you yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is it is good for you what are you gonna yeah. do yeah all right all right fine last question you're young the single mom the townspeople and it's a very provincial town like farmers and shit okay the townspeople find out that your daughter is hiv hiv positive and everybody you've known your whole entire life are now acting weird. They won't talk to you. They won't look at you. They don't wanna be anywhere near you. They fire you from your job. They're horrible to you. Oh, so what do you do now?
1: Hmm. I mean, it's interesting. Part of me is just like move. But <laughs> but I feel like you're just gonna come up with the same thing and that's not teaching the daughter to mm-hmm. be herself and uh go through the fire. Go through the Thank fire you. to learn the lesson and, and but it'd be so hard to watch your child go through Pain, like that pain, but yeah, mm-hmm. I guess I would just be there for her totally, and try to educate the town in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, education mm-hmm. is the key to everything. Not, you know, enlighten. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah
0: knowledge and truth knowledge
1: and truth knowledge truth Mm -hmm. and coming from love is important and yeah yeah because
0: yeah i like how you added coming from love
1: yeah yeah i think
0: that's an important ingredient like with my last trip i kept struggling with how arrogant i am i was like i'm so arrogant i'm so stuck up i think i'm smarter than everybody i think i'm better than everybody that's why i look down on people all the time i'm always judging them and they were like well i had a couple of friends with me they were like well okay but like arrogance isn't always all bad you know like you know sometimes people see it as like a leadership skill they feel like they could rely on you and then the conclusion i came to is okay if i ever make a statement or a judgment call as long as i add love in there mm. it will stop being arrogance it's no longer arrogance right you know because it's not about me and fronting right It's just, uh, then, yeah, that's the key ingredient. That's
1: absolutely 100% true. Yes. Yeah. Because if we come from, we can either come from, everything we do either comes from love or fear. And (laughs) if we're (laughs) doing something from fear, like if you're arrogant because of fear, then it's catastrophic, horrible. (laughs) Right. Things can happen from it. But coming from The Trump
0: administration will happen you yes
1: know? yes yeah so coming from yeah. love all the time that's all you have to do yeah that's really mm-hmm. it well that's really beautiful yeah. that you came up with that that's beautiful
0: yeah yeah but it, it echoes like what you what you just said you know like uh knowledge and truth but from love yeah from yeah. a place of love yeah because like um and this was a brief conversation i had yesterday like in koreatown every thursday at 6 p.m <clears throat> there are these local community members, like LA people who do this like street patrol thing, like neighborhood watch at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Just walk around the block and just look at car garages or whatever, because <clears throat> because of the anti-Asian hate crimes have been skyrocketing. And just last month, a U.S. veteran got beaten up like to a pulp by two racists. And he served the country, you know, he was like in the U.S. Air Force. And uh, so this community organization just like started doing this since a couple weeks ago, I think. And I, I walked with him yesterday and there's this one woman, she's been like a lifelong activist, like she's from Torrance and she's like Asian American activist. And she was just like, I don't know why, like so many people in our community watch Fox News. I was like, you don't know why so many Asian members in our community watch Fox News? She's like, no, what's with that? I was like, my parents are Democrats. But they watch Fox News because Fox News dumbs down the English. And my parents can understand them because it's simple and easy.
1: Wow! And I was like,
0: what does that say about us liberals? we think yes. we're so fucking knowledgeable and intellectual it's elitism we don't know how to talk to our own fucking family members whose first language is not english or maybe they're they they did not go to college you know my parents didn't go to college either how do we speak to our closest individuals and our family members you know and our family members um, without making them feel like they're being talked down to right. or without making them feel insecure about their educational background or their you know, cultural background. It's like the left, we're not very good at that. (laughs) You know, we're good at,
1: we're good at formulating
0: words. We're good at, we're good at like coming up with critical race theory and like the next wave of feminism and intersectionality. We're good at that, but try talking about intersectionality with your mom. See if she gets it, you know, that's a challenge. Don't use the word intersectionality, but just describe it to her. She's going to understand. Damned, right. you know? Right. So our news outlets, our our left news more left leaning news outlets, they need to figure out a way to really um be more inclusive, yes, of people from different classes and different um like, you know, whatever their immigration status is or their language barriers or whatever. We need to be able to accommodate yeah. better. Yeah. Because unfortunately they're be they're going over to the other side. Not That's because beautiful. they want to. Because, it's yeah. because of need. Yeah. yeah.
1: I um I watched the QAnon doc, just the first episode yeah. on HBO. Did you
0: watch yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it floating around, but I haven't looked at it yet. Um,
1: I really hadn't paid attention to QAnon because it scared me. <laughs> not scared me. Me too. Not scared me, but yeah. it gets me angry.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, me too. Uh,
1: I watched it, and I'm like, it's just, it still makes me very angry. But yes. like, what I noticed in it is. I mean they're they're using the matrix and Alice in Wonderland like going down the rabbit hole and they're using the word awakening and mm. they're using all these beautiful things and using it for hate mm. and but th- what they're doing is making these people feel smart and heard and that they're part there of something there you go there you go and that is terrifying to me and it I is. I feel like what could stop it is exactly what you're saying. Making yeah. everybody feel as one and heard and listened to. Like these people feel like they're quitting their jobs to like follow Q and their cues like sending them like, yeah. did you ever read the Alchemist?
0: No, I know it's a very critical book, but and the, yeah. And the Alchemist,
1: not. they, you know, they talk all about, um, seeing omens. And following mm. the omens to your path. And okay. it's kind of like what Q is making for them. Q is making yeah. these omens and these people, mm-hmm. these cryptic things. And the and, um, these people are seeing it and, and feeling like they're part of something beautiful. And it's not. Greg. And it's... The, the, yeah, yeah. I feel like exactly what yeah. you're saying. Like, we need it's to true. not condemn these people. Yes. And yes, help them feel heard. Yeah. 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 And part yeah. of in some way so that they're not yeah. trying to join this horrible thing.
0: Yeah. And you know, we, we on the left, we have to admit that that was our failure. We fucked up you know we fucked up by being stuck up by being arrogant that was the problem you know be yeah. like look you don't know like i went to school i went to college i know more my eyes are open so like let me tell you what it's about yeah but that's like losing your audience you lose you lost them you yeah. lost these like you know elderly people who like never went to college all they did was work as working class people you know like you lost them yeah um I think the keyword is feeling of safety. Like that's something that we use all the time in academia. It's like, make sure your students feel safe, emphasize safety. And what does that mean? Does that mean when they say it, they're like, make sure like people who want to speak up for women's rights and like people want to speak up for people of color that they feel safe. I was like, what about the other people who grew up you know, out in rural Midwest, and have like you know Republican parents and are deeply Christian. What about them? What about right. them and their opinions? You know, what if they don't feel safe in my classroom? What about that? Right? That's trickier. That's harder. Right. And that is our responsibility. And like I, uh, this is something I learned from a friend of mine who who said this because she's like like first generation in her Mexican-American family to go to college and go to graduate school, you know? And she's a mother now and she's a wife and she works at UPenn. But she was like, when I was an undergrad, I never went to my professors because I didn't feel like particularly safe going to them, even though I had a lot of questions, even though I da da da. And I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, so then like I have to compliment them all the time. She's like, no, students don't want to hear compliments necessarily. They want to feel safe. And I was like, all right you know, and that's trickier. That's harder to do. Yeah. You know, complimenting is easy. You know, I could just do it without meaning it at all. But like, generating um, an environment of safety and feeling of safety for young adults, that is so much harder. Yeah. And I I haven't figured it out yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. My intention is there. Yeah. So what you're saying right now resonates with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember I went, um, I, I worked at this restaurant, Del Frisco's, in in New York City, and there was a guy from Texas, and he was homophobic, and mm-hmm. I remember, I, I, he was like outwardly homophobic, like, oh yeah. yeah Shamelessly. You're yeah. burning in hell. And, <laughs> right. and I, I was like laying in bed, I couldn't sleep, I was so angry, like, I'm gonna show right. him, I'm gonna da-da-da. Yeah. And then, and I was just laying in bed, like, trying to solve for it. And then I was like, I'm just mm. going to be really nice to him because everybody mm. else hated him. Everybody hated mm-hmm. him. And I'm go. like, I'm going to be really nice to him because that's all I can do. Yeah, I'm not going to fight it out of him. It's not going to work.
0: No. Show him yeah. as like a member of the LGBTQI community and, and that you're a real person.
1: And humanity. Yeah yeah yes yes so i was yeah. just really nice to him and he ended up leaving home but he went i look but like i know if someone's like fucking lesbians he's gonna be like oh i knew this really nice one you know what i mean like here you go he'll there you go yeah but it took me a yeah. long time together I, I wanted to, like uh, you know i wanted to. it's so hard yeah it was so, it's hard. so
0: hard to not react and yeah. to
1: yeah
0: take that extra effort to be generous yeah which is why you know you read all those books and you do all these exercises and we drink the juice and blah 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 which is why we fucking do it so that we we have the wherewithal and the capacity and the tools to be able to respond in this way rather than
1: yeah the
0: easy way which is be like righteous and get on your soapbox and tell him off right right but that's actually not bravery that's actually very easy yeah
1: it's very easy it's super easy and um Mm -hmm. So something I learned is to be humble. I didn't even know what the word was. I didn't mm. know. I, like, I took it as um, humiliation. I felt like it was really part of that. Like I just, and then when I learned about humility, like not being better than anybody and not being worse, I'm like, that's heaven. Yeah. Like that's the sexiest quality anybody can have is yeah. to be humble. And oh, so, yeah. so that's like changed everything for me in that way, because yeah. because I was like, oh, I love everybody. But I was judging people who didn't. Mm-hmm. I was judging people who like I was I would judge people that voted for Trump. Yeah. Which is still hard sure. not to. Yeah. But yeah, but I, there's I'm not better than them.
0: Yep, yep.
1: It's hard to understand that sometimes, but yeah. when I do, when I can, it just feels great. And yeah. I know. Do I'm, you
0: like do a, a self reminder in order to keep your head in that space, or
1: yeah,
0: like how yeah. I say
1: right sized, right sized, Jackie, right sized, right sized.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: okay. because otherwise All I'll right. go insane. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, humility is difficult. I mean, that's why monks are monks, because, you know, they are trained in it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I get angry. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, how easy would that be? Yeah, maybe.
0: You know, my mom, who I always felt like she never really knew me. She actually, like, when she said this one thing, she didn't even say it to me. She said it to a friend, and then my friend said it to me and I was like oh my mom I guess she really does know me my friend was like you know what you know how my your mom described you is she said that you should go into the mountains and be a buddhist monk she said that is like the best job for you and I was like that is absolutely like the best job for me how does she know you know it's just I don't have the guts to be able to do it I like living my life the way it is you know I'm very material girl and like I like going to get degrees and I like comedy and you know I like things um So I I like the secular life. But yeah, ideally speaking, that would have been the ideal life for me. Same. I don't think it's easy to be a monk. You know, you have to give up the world. You have to give up the world. It's hard.
1: That's what my friend, my writer friend, I said. I'm like, how easy would it be to be a monk? And she was like, Jack, you have to give up TV. You have to give up all that stuff. And I was like, gladly. Yeah. (laughs) to give up
0: you have to give up your own sleep cycle you know they wake up super early you know they and they have their challenges too like what, like, what I, is
1: their conflict what is their contrast
0: like okay so there's this buddhist zen buddhist monk i really love he's a korean zen buddhist monk named Himin, um, who recently got canceled actually unfortunately but that's all a big misunderstanding i think but anyway um he said that he, at a retreat with all these other monks right um he had one partner like for eating so like they face each other and they just eat but you know you could talk as well and this monk in front of him wasn't talking at all just like dead silent and only eating his food and this particular he was like oh my god is he like mad at me like did i wrong him and he was like dealing with all these like negative self-doubt kind of thoughts right and then like three days passed and then this monk suddenly like looked brighter and lighter and was like talking and then uh, what this monk realized was that this man in front of him was actually working something out, you know, like mentally, like he was, or spiritually, he was like working through something. And so he didn't have the wherewithal to be able to like, you know, be chummy with his like eating partner, you know? And so it's like, oh, okay. Like, like my self-doubt and self-hatred was all just like internal. It had nothing, like whatever he was doing, it had nothing to do with me you know so they have those kinds of challenges which are challenges that you and I face every day right. every day right? right it's like why didn't this bitch text me back like what the fuck did i do cunt but it's like literally she's just like you know i don't know like her dog died or something her right. dog sick and right. she didn't have the capacity to you know so it's not it's never about us in fact nobody really gives a shit about us like that you right. know i mean they ca- we, they care but they they don't think about you all day every day. We do. We right. think about me all day every day and create these stories, right. fill in these gaps with irrationality. So what the monks go through is the same as what we go through, but the uh, the work and the reason why we pay them money like or visit them and ask them to pray for us and stuff is that they're our spiritual kind of, how you say, pioneers. They're creating paths for us, you know? Right. Like the reason why we have these self-improvement books, they didn't just come out of nowhere. They came out of like thousands of years of these people being spiritual journey people. Right.
1: You
0: know? It's all been passed down.
1: But, so okay. I guess why do you hate right. monks? I guess do you just
0: hate them because they seem Oh my complacent? God,
1: I love them. I want to be one. <laughs> But you're right. If I want to do Oh, be I just warm, say you hate. Them. But, but if I because I because I'm like, let a monk wait on a table. Like, let's see how spiritual they are. Like, they can't yeah. be. They can't yeah. be. Like, it's just weird having somebody tell you something, and it's like, go wait on a table, and then say that to me. Like, you mm. can't. But yeah. but now that I'm getting like more and more zen, I guess I can maybe. <laughs> like, I do see differently than I did then. yeah i don't i don't hate them i want to be one same as you yeah
0: yeah Yeah. i guess it's my dream job but now
1: i'm like maybe i don't want to give up things
0: i don't want to give up things there's no way i could be a monk i'll say that right now like i have so many plans (laughs) things i don't want to do
1: yeah
0: monks like uh they don't like they chose not to do that they chose not to live a secular life they know that their, their, uh, job is somewhere else. Like they have a c- higher calling or whatever. And, and they're happy doing that, you know? Um, yeah, you have or, to eat or the same not, food you know, every depends, day, but... right? You have
1: to, do you get to eat good food?
0: I mean, they probably eat like similar things every day. I know it's oh, vegetarian and I know, I know in Korea, like their fucking food is like bomb ass shit, you know, like I hear the, like the best food in Korea, but yeah, um, monks do have like a limited in terms of diet like they have dietary restrictions like they can't eat meat they can't eat anything from animals like they have to lead like a vegan vegetarian life that can be challenging you know what if you're not the one that's always cooking somebody else is cooking for you for family meal what if it sucks right yeah that would. (laughs) and you have to do some spiritual mindfulness to come out of that funk you know they they're people too
1: i think yeah Have you ever done silent meditation for like a week? I haven't. Have you? No. I want to, but I never do. Why didn't I do it? Anyway, I should do it before (laughs) they get my shots. um, A friend of mine went to do it. There's some place that you could do it around here and pay what you can, and they feed you and everything. Have you ever heard of it? Interesting. I'll find out about known. it and send it to you. But she, okay, you, you have to share it with one person. Share a room with Whoa. one person, and she shared it with this guy. And the, all they were eating was lentils. The food was good, but a lot oh, of lentils. God. And the guy had okay. gas. I'm just, funny.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> like, what do you do in that moment? She had like, how like, do you say, to change "Can, can you please not fart she had to change in the room"? Her room. How do you do? You have to sign that to him. Do you have to like write it down? Like, I, I mean, how don't... do you
1: communicate? Yeah, I don't know. That? I'll find out. I'll find that out too. Or do you have
0: to just be like, okay, these are our bodies and it's beautiful. I'll just inhale your farts and Ugh. you know, figure out a way to handle it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Good for your friend. All right. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you. It was a you joy too. talking. To you. Next week, I'm going to talk about a show called Master Sun. It also stars Hyo Jin. I really love her. I mean, if she's in it, I'm probably gonna watch it and review it on this podcast. I believe Master Sun can be viewed on Viki. It used to be on Netflix. That's how I first saw it in the United States, but I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. I'm pretty sure it's on Viki now. And I actually watched a really, really fantastic drama very recently. It's not a contemporary drama. It came out in 2013. So it is contemporary, but like, it's a little bit, it's like, you know, eight years old so it's a bit up there however it is really good I loved every moment of it I learned a lot from it and I am very excited to review that even still if there is a show that you want me to watch and talk about on this podcast I'm very happy to take requests so email me at kdramaschool at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Please subscribe at K Drama School on YouTube. I mean, that is like very, very important right now. I need more YouTube subscribers, so please do that. Uh, but other than that, thank you as always for listening, and I will see you all next week.